Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. We're in this, ending this series of sermons that we've been speaking on, on building a stronger family or the family project. Uh, If you remember the very first sermon that we spoke on whenever we were talking about the family project, I had our, our kitchen table up here. And it was the table that we homeschooled our kids around, that we raised our children around, that we ate our meals around, that we played games around. And and there was a passage of scripture that I shared with you that was very dear to our heart, uh, especially as very young parents in our 20s raising our kids. Uh, And it's Luke chapter 2 and verse number 52. And we just really felt that as parents, it was our job to instill these four foundational pillars in the life of our family and our children. Uh, And so I wanted to end this series of messages on the family project with with just kind of hitting a little bit each one of these four pillars. Now, last week we talked about the wisdom pillar. Uh, If you look, the scripture says that Jesus increased or Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. Now, there are four pillars there that I think a healthy, well-balanced family is going to pay attention to, okay? The four pillars are, first of all, Jesus increased in wisdom. That's the intellect. That's the mind. And last week, we talked about the value of thinking properly and having the right mindset as we go through life. Guys, do you realize that Jesus was the perfect example of balanced humanity? Do you realize that? Jesus was the perfect example. He was 100% God, but yet at the same time, He was 100% man. And so He gives us an example of what balanced humanity looks like. And I think this right here sums it up. He increased in wisdom, His intellect, His mind, His thinking. We talked about that last week. It also says that he grew in stature. Physically, uh, he grew. Uh, you know, a lot of times whenever we see these, um, these images of Jesus, we see this, uh, sometimes this, this weak guy, uh, physically speaking. I, I just don't, I don't know, I have a hard time believing he was just this weak guy physically speaking. I think he was buff. I think he was just stout. He was a carpenter's son. He knew what it was to do hard labor and hard work. I mean, heaven's sakes, he carried his cross all the way to the hill of Golgotha, right? He endured all the suffering and all the lashes and the pain that he went through. I mean, he was, he was physically in good shape. And I'm going to park there a little bit today and talk about that. It also says that he grew in favor with God. That's spiritually. Next Sunday, actually next Sunday, Pastor John Pratt will be speaking. The following Sunday, I'm going to come back and speak on the spiritual side of our life being balanced. A lot of times people think the only reason you come to church is just for the spiritual stuff. Well, that's true. There is a tremendous amount of spiritual teaching that we should get from church. But to be a well-balanced church, I think we've got to pay attention to all four of these areas. Hello? 
if we're going to be a well-balanced individual and a well-balanced family, I think often as a well-balanced church, we need to be teaching a well-balanced doctrine. Are you guys with me this morning? Uh, so we're going to talk about the spiritual side, how he increased in favor with God uh, in two weeks. And then three weeks from today, we're going to be talking about the social aspect, uh, how Jesus increased in favor with man. Uh, and we need to pay attention to our social life. And I'm not just talking about social media. I'm talking about our social life. I'm talking about conversations, interactions we have with real people that are breathing. Hello? That have blood running through their veins. Are you guys with me at all? Not just the keyboard. I like to poke fun at that every now and then. So today I want to talk to you on this second pillar, the second foundational area. If we're going to have healthy families, if we're going to have a healthy life, if we're going to have a healthy church, we must pay attention to these four areas. And especially as parents, we must pay attention to these four areas in the life of our children. Okay? Jesus increased in what? Say it with me. Wisdom and stature and favor with God and, and man. Okay, let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our time together today. And we just ask you, Lord, that you would speak to us. Help us to glean from this passage of Scripture what you would have us to understand, what you would have us to know. And God, I know we live in a health-crazed world today. And sometimes we take that way too far. But because sometimes we take that way too far doesn't mean we should not pay attention to it and see what Scripture has to say about our health. And Father, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today and, and help us to raise families that are healthy, not only physically, but spiritually and socially and also intellectually. We ask your blessings on our time together. Speak to our hearts. I realize as a congregation this size walks in the door that there are many different needs and many different situations going on in all of our lives. And Father, we just pray that you would meet those needs. And whoever is here today that has a need that needs to be met, Lord, we ask you to meet that need. And we'll certainly give you the praise and the honor and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I want to talk to you simply about understanding the value of a healthy body. Okay? And I know it's not real spiritual to think about that. Sometimes we think, well, we're going to come to church and hear about health. Well, I think if Jesus increased in stature, and I think if Dr. Luke, by the way, was a physician, right? So if you want to, if you want to read a lot about uh, the human body aspect of the Lord or others, you're really going to read in the Gospel of Luke. I mean, he really penned his words, and the Holy Spirit led him to pen those words in that particular area because that was where he was skilled and crafted, and that's what his job was. He was a physician. So it doesn't surprise me that, that in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, that we find where Dr. Luke, inspired of the Holy Spirit, noticed that Jesus increased in stature, that he increased physically. And so I want to talk to you this morning, and I won't be real long on this. I just want to hit some scriptures and give you a few principles and hit a few points. And, and, and there's, you know, there's, there's all types of literature out there 
uh, on biblical health plans and all of that. And, and I'm not going to endorse any one of those. I'm just simply trying to say that we need to pay attention to our bodies. Okay? And I don't want you to, to read more into this than what I'm going to try to say. Uh, but we just need to pay attention. Now, let me just say this also. I realize, I realize that not everyone is physically fit because there are some health problems that people have. So please understand what I'm saying uh, whenever we start talking about some of the understanding the health of the body. I realize there's, there's thyroid problems, there's glandul- gland- glandular problems, um, there, there's health problems, there's, there's medications that sometimes you have to be on that cause you to have weight gain and other, and other things. So, you know, please understand that. Uh, is everybody okay with that? You understand where I'm coming from with this? So I don't want someone to say, oh, you know, I've got this going on, but he doesn't understand. I'm saying, listen, I'm not judging you, please. Uh, please understand. I'm not here to judge you or, and I hope and pray you don't judge me. Uh, I wore black today, so I'd look more slender. <laughs> Come on, it's okay to laugh, all right? Uh, but I promise you, you get my tail on a scale and it's going to be peaking up there where it should not be peaking, right? I need to lose some weight also. Uh, but I want to talk to you a little bit about this and how we need to be paying attention to our bodies. So are we okay with that now? So can I just roll with this and, and look at it some? I want you to look at a passage of Scripture, and I can't remember if I have the slides, so I can't remember to tell you anything, Patty, so just kind of follow me. In 3 John, verse number 2, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, they're the, they're the last uh, three books right before the book of Revelation um, that we find in the back of the New Testament. 3rd John, in verse number 2, the scripture says this. It says, Dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way. And then it says, And be in good health physically, just as you are spiritually. Now this is the Apostle John writing. He says, he's talking to the believers in, in 3rd John, in verse number 2. There's only one chapter. You may be saying, what chapter? There's only one chapter, okay? Uh, just Third John 2. And he says, my prayer is that you will prosper in every way and that you would be in good health physically just as you are spiritually. That's a great passage of Scripture, and I hope you'll maybe commit that one to memory and think about that and ponder that and give that some thought, because sometimes we think about, whenever we think about our relationship with the Lord, a lot of times all we really focus on, which is not a bad thing, is the spiritual side, okay? And that's that's well and good. That's where it all begins, and we must begin with a relationship with Jesus Christ, but there's more. You guys realize that He redeemed our even our bodies, right? And so, John is saying, my prayer is that you will be in good health physically. And then he commends them just as you are spiritually. So he's saying, hey, you guys are in great or in good health spiritually. My prayer is that you'll be in good health physically as well. Another passage of scripture I want to draw your attention to is in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse 19 and following. And the scripture says, says this, don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. Get this. You are not your own. Once again, there's the whole, the whole idea of stewardship once again coming into play. Even our bodies don't even belong to us. They have been redeemed. They have been purchased. They have been bought with a price, right? Jesus died for us. And they're not even our own, he's saying. 
You're not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And I believe what Paul is trying to tell the church at Corinth and he's trying to tell us today is that we can bring honor and glory to God in and through even our bodies. But I want you to pay attention to what it says at the beginning. Don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of what? Of the Holy Spirit, right? Now we worship the Holy Spirit. We don't worship the sanctuary. Are you with me? We don't worship the body. Some people mess up right there. Some people put so much emphasis on trying to be a perfect ten with their body that I believe they almost sin in worshiping their body. Are you with me? It's not about worshiping the body. It's about worshiping the God who lives in the body. Are you with me, church? Okay? So pay attention to that. Don't you know that your body... And people say, don't you know my body's a sanctuary? Yeah, we should take care of it. Right? We should not inflict harm on it. We should not intentionally do things that we know causes harm to our body. And we should intentionally be doing some things that we know are good for the body. But at the end of the day, understand me, we're not to worship the body. Right? We're to worship the God who dwells in the body. And just let me say this to all the health nuts that are out there. I'm really not a health nut. Uh, I was talking to Angela's dad last night. I don't diet. I, I try to pay attention to what I eat. I try to eat good. But then sometimes I eat horrible. I mean, it's hard. It's difficult for me to drive by Dairy Queen and not get a blizzard. And I mean a chocolate blizzard with extra. Oh, we went bike riding this well, a Reese's Cup. We went we went biking. We were camping up at Pierre Marquette, and and from the campground down into Godfrey was like six and a half miles. And so we took off on our bicycles and we rode down there. But I knew at the end of that six and a half miles there was an ice cream stand. Right? So there was some motivation to my exercise, and then I had to turn around and pedal back, and so we rode about 13 miles on our bikes. But listen, at the end, in, in the middle, there was mint, chocolate chip, ice cream, and she said, Sir, do you want one or two? And I said, Why even ask that? Fill that cup up, right? <laughs> Give me two. And, and then she said, uh, Is that all? I said, No. See, and I saw a bottle of Hershey's uh, chocolate syrup sitting over there on the side. And I said, what you need to do is get that bottle of Hershey's syrup and just pour it over the top of that mint chocolate. Yeah, I did that, right? <laughs> yeah, I did that. But here's the point. We don't worship the body. we got to pay attention to it. we got to exercise. We, we can't inflict harm. And I, maybe I did inflict harm there. I don't know. Let, let me give you a few things here. Let me give you a few things here as we talk about the body. If we're going to understand how to have a, a better understanding, if you will, the value of a healthy body, I think there's three things we've, we've got to do, three things we must develop. Number one, we must develop a healthy attitude towards the body. Okay? Now, sometimes, you remember last week we talked about our thinking and how Jesus increased in, in wisdom, the intellect. And last week we talked about our thinking. I think sometimes we, whenever we start thinking about the body, we've got to change the way we think 
about the body. We got to change our attitudes, if you will, about the body. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And last week we really unpacked that passage of scripture. But guys, you realize if you start thinking more healthy about the things you eat and about exercise and about the body, I'm not going to guarantee you you're going to get healthy and you're going to exercise, you're going to eat right, but you're going to lean towards that thought process of thinking more healthy and having a better attitude about your body. You remember I told, told you last week that as a man thinks, or the Scripture says, as a man thinks, so is he. So if we start thinking more properly about the body in the right way, in a way that brings honor and glory to God, it's going to lead our habits and our lifestyle to change a little bit towards the healthy side of of taking care of our body, right? Now listen, if you go out there, listen, every December 31st, probably everybody in America makes one of those uh, New Year's resolutions, turn over a new leaf, I'm going to lose 5 pounds, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, I'm going to get in shape this year. We've probably made those resolutions for years, haven't we? We've been guilty of that. I have. This is the year. This is the year. But it just never seems to happen. Why? Because that motivation is not going to sustain you. Right? What is going to sustain you is when you start getting into the Word of God and you start seeing what God's Word has to say about your health and about your body and you're motivated because you want to honor the Lord with your actions and with your thought life and with what you're doing, it kind of changes the whole motivation factor of why we do what we do and why we say what we say and why we, as far as exercise and things of that nature, as far as the body is concerned, okay? So as a man thinks in his heart. So let me give you three real quickly, This is just by way of introduction, I guess. Three unhealthy attitudes about the body. Now, here's three unhealthy attitudes. Go ahead and throw them up on the screen, if you will. Unhealthy unhealthy attitude number one is to reject your body. Okay? Now, some folks look in the mirror and they think, man, this is... What, isn't there a movie called Despicable Me or something like that? We kind of look at look and oh, this is pathetic. You know, and we just reject our body. But let me tell you something. God created you. Hello? Each and every one of us have been created in the image of God. Don't throw away your body. And let me say something else also. We're not all supposed to look the same. The worst thing you can do whenever you start thinking about health is go to Walmart, fill your buggy up, we say buggies in the South. I know that's not the right thing to call it. You call them carts or something, right? And we call them buggies. And fill our buggies up and go to the checkout line and look at all of those crazy tabloids and magazine covers that are there. And you see all these bodies that are like 10 plus as far as perfect. And you look at that and you say, I can never be that. And you throw away your body completely. And you don't try to do anything. Let me tell you something. There's a thing called Photoshop. Are you with me? Everything you see in a magazine, especially on a cover, you've got to understand that thing has been edited and re-edited and edited and re-edited and touched up. Are you with me? Now, there may be some that have a perfect body, physically speaking. But the point I want you to get is I don't want you to reject your body. We all come in different shapes and we all come in different sizes, right? 
So I want you to accept who you are. I want you to know that God created you to be you. Now I want you to be the healthiest you you can be. Right? But that doesn't mean you have to look like whatever picture we want to paint of what a perfect body needs to look at. That's just man's thought process there. You just work on what God created. Don't reject your body is all I'm really trying to say right here. Okay? The scripture says... In Psalm 139, I'll go there in a minute. I don't even think I have it on there. But God created us. Uniquely, He created us in His image. So I don't want you to simply reject your body or think that God goofed or God made a mistake and just kind of give up on it altogether. No, that, that is unhealthy thinking. Everybody say unhealthy thinking. That is unhealthy thinking. Okay? So the second one is, Another unhealthy attitude is to perfect your body. Now, this will be the other end of the spectrum. One wants to reject because they don't ever think they can look like the other ends trying to achieve this perfecting of the body. And that's those, uh, they're just consumed. And, and you've seen folks that are like that. They're so consumed. With every little thing they eat and every little thing they drink and all the different type of workouts. And they're just totally consumed with having this perfect body. Friends, that is just as unhealthy as the other opposite end of the spectrum of rejecting the body. Right? we got to find somewhere in the middle here to live. Are you with me, church? Those that reject their body may look all the way over there to those that are trying to perfect their body. And at the end of the day, guess what? We're all going to die. Are you with me? The Bible says in Hebrews, it's appointed unto man wants to die. And after that, the judgment. Right? Are you with me, church? Sometimes people say, well, you know, there's two things we got to do in life. And that is die and pay taxes. And I told one guy, he said that one time, I poked him on the shoulder, and I said, that's incorrect. And he said, no, that's true. We got, we're going to all going to die. I said, well, I agree with that part of it. And he said, well, we're all going to pay taxes. I, said, I don't agree with that. I know people that don't pay any taxes. I said, but I can't give you two things that I know is going to happen. The Bible says we're all going to die, and we're all going to face judgment. Are you with me? So there's two things you can take to the bank. But, okay, so let's don't reject the body. That's unhealthy thinking. Let's don't try to have a perfect 10 and just be so consumed with just the body that we lose focus of everything else and everybody else around us and lose focus of God in our life. That's unhealthy thinking. And then, of course, another unhealthy attitude is just neglecting the body. Just don't give it any thought whatsoever. Just that total neglecting, ignoring your health. So what is the right attitude? Read it with me. Respect your body. We all need to respect our bodies, right? And then we need to protect our bodies. Protect it from harm. Protect it from things that we know causes it harm. Now, sometimes people say, Pastor, is it a sin to do, and you fill in the blank. I hate those questions because I know they're loaded questions, right? Looking for a loophole somewhere. Listen, we need to respect our body. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We should take care of it. We should respect it, right? We don't worship it, but we worship who lives in it. 
So I think the healthy attitude that we should have with our bodies is that we respect our body and also that we protect our body. So if we're going to have a better understanding of a healthy body, number one, we do have to develop a healthy attitude. So that's the attitude that I want you to start developing about your body, that you respect it, that you protect it, that you respect it. Get the whole image of a perfect 10 for men and a perfect 10 for women out of your brain. Okay, here's the image I want you to have that I respect it and that I protect it, that I respect it and that I protect it. Can you do that, church? I think if you do that, you're going to start developing a healthy attitude, which is going to have a, an impact on, on your health and on your body. The second thing is this. You've got to motivate yourself to change. Okay? Whenever we start thinking about these attitudes that we've got to have, we've got to start motivating ourselves to change some of the patterns and some of the behaviors that we've been having over the years. We've got to motivate ourselves. Right? So a lot of times people motivate them, themselves with temporal things. You know, like, boy, if I can just do this, I will look so much better. You're not going to stick with it if your motivation is simply on just looking better. Hello? Because I promise you, you're going to get older. And as you get older, there's a few things going to happen. I've discovered. I just turned 50. Hello? You're going to start losing some hair, men. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that just some of the extra weight that all of a sudden just appears? And you're like, where'd that come from? Right? I mean, things just happen. The body just doesn't feel as refreshed as maybe it did in the 20s or when we were in our 20s, right? So we've got to motivate ourselves. And it can't, it can't be just the physical thing of just simply looking better or just trying to feel better. Those will motivate you for a while. I think we've got to go deeper. And if we're going to motivate ourselves to try to have good, healthy bodies, we've got to go deeper than just the temporal things of just looking better or feeling better. Which, by the way, exercise does make you feel better. That's a proven fact. We, we all know that. I mean, I notice myself whenever I get feeling fatigued and not feeling as good as I have felt in the past. I pay attention. I realize I haven't been exercising like I should exercise. And we will take off and go for a walk. And you're amazed how how much better you feel when you get the body in motion, right? So there is some truth to that. But I still think to motivate ourselves, we've got to go a little bit deeper. So let me give you a few things here. Motivation number one, and these are the spiritual reasons I think we should apply to our life in order to get in shape or to be thinking about having a healthy body. Motivation number one is this. We've got to understand that God made our bodies. And whenever I think about my health as stewardship, it changes my perspective. I'm not doing it for some vain thing just to look better, right? I'm not doing it even just to feel better, right? I'm doing it because I realize, hey, this is God's vessel, that He created so His Holy Spirit could take up residence and abode in my body. Therefore, it's a stewardship principle that I want to take care of my body because it belongs to God, right? God made my body. Listen to what it says, Psalm 139 in verse number 13. It says, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am remarkably and wonderfully made. That's an attitude of respect. Okay? That's what I was talking about. That's the attitude we need to have. This respect and protect. And whenever we understand that God made my body, then it causes me, personally, 
to think a little bit deeper than just the physical part of it. It caused me to think, hey, I need to manage this well. Guess what? We just get one of these a lifetime. Right? You're only going to have one body this side of eternity. Okay? So we need to manage it well because we realize that God made it. The second thing that should motivate us, and this is another spiritual reason, is that Jesus paid for the body. Not only did God make the body, but Jesus paid for the body. And I read this to you earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Get this. For you were bought at a price. Our bodies have been redeemed and bought and paid for through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. Okay? He redeemed us. And so therefore, I want to take care of what I have in my possession because God made me and Jesus died for me and paid for me. And the third reason that should motivate us to change our attitude towards good thinking about being healthy is because the Holy Spirit indwells in us. And I've already alluded to that. God made me, Jesus paid for me, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in me. He lives in my body. That, my friends, should be enough to motivate us to take care of this outer shell. I'm not saying strive to be a perfect ten. But I am saying quit neglecting and quit rejecting your body and start paying attention to the physical side of your body. Jesus redeemed all of you. Hello? So those are some reasons I think are a little bit deeper than just a cover of a magazine cover. And I tell my wife all the time, though, you know, you see these pictures of these guys with these like six packs of abs. And, and I say, I got that. I just got it on ice right now, you know. <laughs> right? Oh, we all have those muscles in there. I just don't want you to see mine right now, Right? I'm just kidding. I wish I could look like that. But anyway, the Holy Spirit lives in our body. So these are factors, I think, that should motivate us a little more. Okay? So let me give you the third thing, and I'm going to be done with this. Let's look at some of God's laws concerning health. Now, the Scripture has a lot to say about things that we should eat, things that we shouldn't eat. has a lot of different things about our health uh, that Scripture unpacks. I'm not going to get into all of that. There are books that thick that deal with all of this. I just want to try to give you about three or four things here, and this is the takeaway, if you will, that we can think about whenever we start thinking about our health. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, in verse number 20, My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So I believe the principles that we find in the Word of God are put here not only for the spiritual health, but also for our emotional health and for our physical health. Okay, so we've got to pay attention to all the different areas that we find in the scripture. Okay, so let me give you about four principles real quick and I'm going to be done. Number one, let's look at this one. Balance your diet. Okay, these are some takeaways, some things you can go out of here and do and some scripture that kind of backs up some of this. Balance your diet. One guy says, oh, I do have a balanced diet. I have a cheeseburger in both hands, right? (laughs) Balance your diet. Kind of kind of think about what you're eating. Okay. Realize you don't need to consume maybe too much and the types of foods that you're eating. Just balance your diet. 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, he says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is helpful. And Paul is saying, listen, they, they were in a debate over whether they should eat food that had been offered up to idols. That's what the theological debate was here in, in 1 Corinthians, okay? And Paul's saying, listen, everything is permissible to me, but not everything is helpful. Now, they're talking about food here. Everything is permissible uh, for me, but I will not be brought under the control of anything. Food for the stomach and stomach for the food, but God would do away with both of them. Paul is just simply saying, listen, I'm not going to be brought into bondage by, by foods and, and what I can eat and what I can't eat, but I'm just going to, I want you to know that everything is permissible, but not everything is helpful. So I think we could even apply that even to some foods out there today. I think blizzards are permissible. <laughs> They're just not helpful all the time, right? So anyway, kind of take that and go with it where you will. The Bible's full of nutritional device. In Leviticus chapter 3 and verse number 17, it tells us that we are not to eat animal fat. And I realize that's the old Levitical law. And I realize we're under grace. And I understand the theological implications of all of that. But there's still some weight and value in understanding that the Word of God says in Leviticus chapter 3 that don't eat animal fat. Now, understand, that was written B.C., right? That was written in B.C., before cholesterol, right? There's a reason we shouldn't be eating all that stuff. So, in Proverbs 25, 27, it says we're not to eat much sugar. Now, the original translation, or, or the King James, I shouldn't say the original, but the King James that I grew up studying, it talks about not eating much honey. What's he talking about there? He's talking about the sweetness. We, we shouldn't absorb and eat all the sweets. So we've got to pay attention to that. How many have a sweet tooth? Boy, I do. I have a mouthful of sweet teeth. I mean, I can't get enough sweets. I love that. So, but we need to balance our diet. Number two is this. Here's a takeaway. Commit yourself to exercise. Regular exercise. Now listen, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about going to the gym and staying five hours. If you want to do that, bless you, child. That's not where I want to spend five hours of my day. Right? But we do need to put the body in motion a little bit every day. And I think all of us probably can find at minimum maybe a, a 30 minute slot to where if nothing else, just walk. Just get up and, and go walk. You don't have to jog. You don't have to run. You don't have to go at a fast pace. Just just you, here's what it's going to take, guys. It's going to take this. It's going to take this. Number one, we've got to put down the remote. And when I have my remote, my feet are like right here. It's called a recliner. And I know we've got to push that thing down, right? That's hard to push down, isn't it, sometimes, guys? Here's what, something else I've noticed. When my feet are like this and that remote is like that, it makes my eyelids fall. <laughs> Does it do that to you guys? <laughs> Get up out of the recliner and go walk for about 30 minutes. And you'll be amazed at how much better you feel. When you go do that, and if you start doing that every day, just a little bit, just do a little bit. I'm not saying you got to go join a gym. I'm not saying you got to crank out iron and lift all that. I mean, if that floats your boat, go do it. But I don't want to be in that boat. I don't much enjoy that kind of stuff. But I do enjoy being in motion. I enjoy being active. And I think that's something all of us can do. Commit to regular exercise. And Paul addressed this in 1 Timothy. He says first in first Timothy four, eight, he says, for the training of the body has limited benefit. OK, so in other words, what he's saying is that physical exercise 
has some value. It didn't say it didn't have any value. It has some benefit that we need to pay attention to. Have you ever thought, how do I know if I'm really out of shape? Have you ever thought that? Listen to this. This is how you may know that you're out of shape. One, you know you're out of shape when you feel like the morning after and you didn't do anything the night before. You may be out of shape. You may be out of shape. You may know your body's in trouble when your knees buckle and your belt won't. (laughs) You know you're in trouble when you see your friends running and you hope they twist and break an ankle. Anyhow, guys, we gotta, we got to commit to a little bit of regular exercise. Let me give you the third one is this. The third one is this. Get enough sleep and rest. You can't burn the candles at both ends. It's important. Rest is healthy. Matter of fact, God thought it was so healthy. He said, guys, this is for the whole world. Every seventh day, I want you to rest. Right? It's the Sabbath. One day a week, I want you to rest. Now, there's a tremendous amount of spiritual, (laughs) here's what I want to say, naps are spiritual. I tell my wife that all the time. I just need, I just need, I just need about 35, 40 minutes here just to get in tune with the Lord. (laughs) Right? I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious there, but. But naps are, and, and rest is important. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 6, you know what happened here in Mark chapter 6? It's a great chapter. I want you to read it. Mark chapter 6, Jesus was doing all this ministry. He was working. Now, he believed in work, okay? And he was working with his disciples. And they were out doing ministry. And he looked around and he noticed that they were fatigued. He noticed they were tired. In Mark chapter 6, he says, guys, I want you to depart with me for a while. We need to go aside and rest. And guys, you need to build that into your family. You need to build that into your life. You need to take those moments to rest. You, need, you don't need to be... And I don't know. I realize there's night owls and I realize there's morning people and I'm not saying one is better than the other. But if you are a night owl and you don't go to bed till 2 in the morning, you better be sleeping until about 8 or 9. Okay? I'm just simply trying to say you, about 8 hours is what you need to try to get. Okay? And I realize some of our schedules, that's hard to get. But go to bed early. There's nothing on TV that you can't DVR and watch it at another time, right, instead of sitting up late to do it. Or get up, you know, whatever the case may be. If you're a morning person, how many morning people are in the crowd? That's me. I am a morning person. Hold your hand up if you're a morning person. Come on, guys, be proud. Hold your hand up, morning people. All right, you morning folks, good to see you. How many of you night folks are in the crowd? Hold your hand up. All right, so we're about 50-50 here, okay? So anyhow, the point is, get enough sleep and get enough rest. Psalm 127.2 says, In vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. So rest is important. Let me give you the last one and I'm done. Live in harmony with God. I'm going to ask the band to come as I talk about this one. Live in harmony with God. I've found that whenever we... We get our spiritual life in line and we start really understanding what Scripture teaches about all areas of our life and we really start getting in harmony with the Lord that spiritually you're going to feel better, more on fire. I've realized that myself in my spiritual life, even as a pastor, when I get 
when I get ran down, I'm just, I'm just run down. I'm just tired. And my body's not reacting or responding the way it should. And maybe I haven't been eating right or I haven't been exercising like I should. It has an impact on my spiritual life. I mean, I just don't, I just don't feel like doing the spiritual things that I should be doing. So I think all of it together needs to be in harmony. We need to live in harmony with God. Proverbs 14.30 says, A tranquil heart is life to the body, but jealousy is rottenness to the bones. In other words, Proverbs 14.30 is simply saying this, saying that a heart at peace is life to the body. So are you at peace? Are you at peace with the Lord? You can't fill your body with guilt and worry and bitterness and anger and fear and sin and expect to be in optimal health. But I do believe that a heart at peace with God breathes life to the body. And so all of this, I think, must have its beginning with a personal relationship with the Lord. That's where it all starts. If you remember, my motivation that I shared with you for even paying attention to the body is because I want to, be, I want to, I want to please the Lord. It's His. God made me. Jesus paid for me. The Holy Spirit lives within me. I'm a steward of the body. And I think that's where we need to land. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And Luke 2.52 says that Jesus increased in wisdom, intellect, stature, physical, favor with God, spiritual, favor with man, social. And I know it may not be real exciting to come to church on Sunday morning and hear a message about the body or health. But the Bible addresses it. And I want to declare to you, as Paul said, the whole counsel of God. The whole area of it. And the Bible has a lot to say about our health and about our bodies. Here's what I want to leave you with. Glorify the Lord with your body. I did not say look like one of these models on these magazine covers. Dismiss that from your mind. Respect your body. Protect your body. Glorify God with your body. And it all begins with a personal relationship with Him. So let me ask you this morning, do you know Him? Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? If you do not, that's where it begins. And maybe you're here today and you've already accepted Christ as your Savior, but you just look at your life and maybe you just need to rededicate Recommit your life to the Lord. Whatever your decision is this morning, I want to pray with you today. Okay, so let's pray together. Father, right now I pray for all of us that we would honor you with our bodies, that we would respect and protect and honor you, that we would realize that we're stewards, managers of the body. Help us to realize that, God, you made us. Jesus, you paid for us. Holy Spirit, you indwell in us. We, our body is the sanctuary. And help us not to worship the sanctuary, but worship the God who lives in the sanctuary. Father, it all begins with a personal relationship with you. 
And dear Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts even now. If there's one here today that needs to receive you as their Lord and their Savior, I pray that right now be the day they do that. May they simply just ask you to forgive them of their sins. May they believe that you are the Son of God. And may they ask you into their heart. Father, I pray for that one right now that they would do just that. May they pray a prayer something like that, like this. And if this is you, just quietly pray this prayer to the Lord. Just say, Dear God, I realize that I've sinned. And I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you're the sinless Son of God. Right now, I repent and ask for your forgiveness. I believe you were buried. You rose again victoriously the third day. And right now, I invite you into my heart and into my life. I give my life to you today. Save me, Lord. Help me to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. Friend, if you just prayed that prayer, I just want to say welcome to the family of God because that's where it all begins. Maybe you're here today and you just need to rededicate, recommit your life to the Lord. Maybe today is going to be just a brand new day spiritually for you today. Maybe you need to pray something like this. And you pray along with me silently. Just say, Dear God, Today I give back my life to you. I've walked away. I've, I've allowed things to come in between me and you. And today, God, I pray you forgive me. Come into my life. I rededicate myself to you. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, that you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, I pray you cleanse me today. I'm the prodigal that's coming home. I am yours. Father, for every prayer that's been prayed and every decision that's been made, I just pray that you give each one the assurance that they need, that you heard and answered their prayers. Father, I don't know what all the needs may be here today, but God, I just pray you continue to meet those needs. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for being a great God. We thank you, Lord, for your word that teaches us even about the body. We ask your blessings on each one that's here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.